0: In your own private space, I want you to reflect on this one question. Don't call out an answer, but how would you respond to this question? Does Christmas really make a difference? Does Christmas really make a difference in your life? In the life of your family. In the life of Fort Myers. In the life of the state of Florida. The United States of America. The global community. Does Christ really make a difference? Invite you now to listen to the word of God as proclaimed in the gospel of Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. I've invited Amanda Blacketer to come and share this word with us. Amanda is the director of our student ministries. Thank you for sharing the word this morning.
1: This comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews?
0: My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So John Grisham in his book entitled Skipping Christmas tells the story uh, about Luther and Laura Crank who decided to stop uh, getting involved with all of the Christmas clutter. Uh, Their daughter was away. She was in the Peace Corps and she uh, usually wanted to be the one to celebrate Christmas in a big way. But this year... Laura and Luther decided that they were not going to do anything and stay away from all the clutter. They did not decorate their home, exterior or interior. They did not buy any gifts for each other or for anyone else. Uh, They did not go to Luther's staff Christmas party. Uh, They did not go to any other parties all Christmas long. They decided that they wanted to get away from all of the Christmas clutter. And so they decided that on Christmas morning, they were going to take a cruise. Now, you can respond to this one. Does that sound enticing to anyone? I think for many of us, just all this clutter that we talk about that we're engaged in, uh, you bet it. You know, I've thought about that. I thought if I could get away with it, I would leave on on December the 1st and come back about December the 28th, and then I would just let Robert do everything, and it would just be a joy, and I would just enjoy Christmas. I'd go on a month-long cruise. Now, that sounds pretty good. I thought you'd like that and you would experience the clutter of ministry. (laughs) But let me ask you again, does Christmas really make a difference for you? We're in a series entitled Mystery at the Manger. And this manger, for many of us, represents the significance of Christmas. This manger we read about the story of the coming of the Christ child and we think of how Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem and then Mary had the child and laid him in a manger or into a trough in which animals ate. And so all of this was here and we celebrate this and we think how good it is and we think about how wonderful it would be if we could have been there on that first Christmas. I I think about that. I'd love to have been one of the shepherds or have been one of the the kings that came from a distance. But then I stop and think, why why did God decide to break into the world some 2,000 years ago in the way that he did? You know, God could have chosen to come in uh, with a, a soldier riding a white stallion, and 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 God could have brought the Prince of Peace that way. God could have come in the force of an earthquake or uh, a, a, a windstorm, uh, uh, rains. Well, why did God choose to come in the form of a small? little baby, born of the flesh and of the spirit. And why then and not some other time in history? Might it just be that God continues to break into the chaos, into the darkness of the world by us hearing the story once again of the babe of Bethlehem, the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world, being born into our lives again. See, I, I want to argue the point that I don't believe that, the, the, that what we receive in Scripture is not something that we just read about once again, it's part of history and, and, and that's all that it really represents for us. And so we go on living our lives just the way uh, we have been for uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, however many years you have been on the face of the earth. Or might it just be that when we hear of the birth of the Savior, the babe of Bethlehem, in a small little manger so long ago, that it really is God's desire to break into our world in a fresh and new way today. So let me share with you just a couple thoughts that I have. The Christ of the manger, the Christ of Christmas, makes forgiveness possible makes forgiveness possible. One of my favorite Christmas cards uh, says something like this. If our greatest need had been knowledge, God would have given us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness. And that's why God sent us a Savior. I need a Savior in my life. I need the fresh expression of the birth of our Savior, Jesus the Christ, coming in my life. And I believe you need it also in a new way. See, if, if I'm speaking to someone in, the, in, in here today or watching at home, and, and you walked in here today and you have a halo over your head, and, and you have never done anything that was against God by word, thought, or deed, then just, you know what, I don't want to waste your time. Go ahead and leave, and it'll be fine. The rest of us will just wait for you to leave. But since nobody's getting up, maybe I should just Continue. See, see, here's the reality. This little baby born some 2,000 years ago was born into a world of sin. We describe it as darkness, chaos. We describe it today in darkness and chaos. And, 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 you know, we can talk about all the things in history. We can talk about all those things that have happened in the past. And we can say, how bad that was. Why, that's why God came into the world, to save sinners. But can I make it a little bit more personal? What's your sin? Today? Or yesterday? Yesterday? What is it that you have done in thought, word, or deed that has separated you from the love of God? What is it that you have done that has brought darkness into your life or darkness into the life of somebody else or chaos into the life of somebody else or chaos into your life? What is it? Because the Savior who was born some 2,000 years ago was not just some historical figure that has come to reign over the world back then, but has come to reign in our world today. And so this manger for this baby is not for history. It is for you this very minute. So let me ask you again. What is your sin? What's causing a division between you and God, between you and uh, your neighbor, between you and your spouse, between you and your child? What is it that is separating you? Because what God wants to come in this Christmas season is for you to understand that the simple little baby born of the flesh and of the Spirit comes to give you forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but I desperately need that. I desperately need it. And that's what God wants to give to you. So hear these words. God's love for you is so abundant that he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world to a little city called Bethlehem to forgive people of all the ages and today of our sin. If we were an evangelical charismatic church, I would say let the Holy Spirit flow over this congregation and may the Holy Spirit come and take away, blow fresh breath of air of God's good news and love and forgiveness into each and every one of us and those watching at home. I want you to look at the screen, and I want you to offer this prayer with me. Please share with me. If I have wounded any soul today, if I have caused one foot to go astray, if I have walked in my own willful way, dear Lord, forgive me. That's what I hope for you. That's what I want. We're not talking about some history lesson, my friends. We're talking about this simple little baby in a line in a manger who comes to give us forgiveness. And I also believe, I also believe that the Christ of Christmas it gives new life possibility. It gives us new life. Tom Wilson is the creator of that uh, cartoon, Ziggy. And one day um, he created this cartoon in which Ziggy was waiting in a mortgage bank uh, to be serviced uh, for a new loan for something. And uh, the, the banker comes out and says, What may I do for you today? And Ziggy thinks for a moment and then he says, all I really want in life is a new lease on life. Does that describe any of you? See, if we're going to be forgiven, and if we claim that the power of the Holy Spirit has come into this room and has taken away all of that which binds us in darkness and chaos, and we have all of this removed from us, then the next gift that comes is new life in Christ. And it's a gift. So my natural question is, what does that look like? And I'll just share with you four quick thoughts on that. Because something that we do every single week during Advent is we have this tradition of lighting the Advent wreath. And the Advent wreath gives us the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace. And, and, you know, we, we, we say that all the time. You, you hear me rattle that off, uh, or you hear Robert say that. And, 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 and we talk about, you know, th- this is God's gift to you of hope, love, joy, peace. And we just say it, and we move on, and we think, well, that's nice. But what would happen? What would, what would your life look like? What would my life look like if I decided, we decided, that we're going to spend time and claim these gifts as actual gifts that God gives to us not only in Advent, but in every day that we breathe life? What would happen if if we said, we're going to claim the gift of hope today? Hope for what? Some of you are, 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 are living in deep darkness. Some of you are living in, in, in such a, a painful experience of life. And, and, and wouldn't you love to hope for a day in which you were not in agony, you were not in a sense of, of, of being disgruntled with life, but rather that you are in a new place that you are in a new place where God is blessing you and that's the hope that you have and your hope is that you can put all of this on God and that the baby Jesus has come for you and that this new life will give you what God wants to give you? Can you hope that? Or is your hope just simply that I hope I get to go to lunch? And that's what I experience in so many people. See, no, no, my friend, what God wants to give you, this little baby and this little, this little manger, the, the, the mystery of it all is that God wants to give you a hope for a future that you dare to hope for, a future that you dare to pray for. It is going to be better than anything you've ever imagined in your life. But we're just content with all this simplicity What is the hope that you want? What are you, what are you deeply yearning for? What are you hoping for in your life? Then we, say, we talk about love. Some of you right now are seated you're next to someone that uh, you had an argument on the way to church. And there ain't any love between you right now. It ain't happening. But, but wouldn't you love to be able to have God say, I love you. I created you in my image. I love you so much. And then for you to understand uh, that we're not only supposed to take that love and and to claim that love, but that we are also then called to reflect that love out into the world in which we live, with our spouses, with our children, with all those that we really don't like, but we still are called to love them. What about joy? Joy. This is the way I experience many people talk about joy. I want joy in my life. <laughs> that's contagious. <laughs> and you wonder why people outside in the, in the in the in the in the in the marketplace outside of the church today, why people don't want to be in church today is because that's the way we express faith in our God. I want joy. But what would happen if you decided that you were going to stand up and say, joy to the world. If we decide that we're going to spread the joy of God's world into not only the lives of those who are immediately around us, but also into Fort Myers and also into the global community, there is a joy, there is a love, there is a peace. What does peace look like for you? Some of you have not a clue. You have lived in darkness and in chaos for so very long. You don't know it. If it came up behind you and bit you, you know where. Just seeing if you're with me. What God wants is just when the angel appeared. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The baby of Bethlehem comes to give us peace. So let me ask you again, does Christmas really make any difference? Is your experience of Christmas going to be a historical remembrance? Or will it be a remembrance that has power in your life today? For those of you who are part of this congregation, you know that I encourage you uh, to place a Bible underneath the Christmas tree. And I invite you to turn to the passage of Scripture that was read uh, by Amanda a few moments ago, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12, or from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And I invite you that before you open up all of the secular clutter, that you begin with a remembrance of what happened so long ago and then a claiming of what God is doing today in the mystery of the manger. So Christmas, the Christ of Christmas comes to forgive us the Christ of Christmas comes to give us new life. But it just doesn't happen. So I want to ask you to do one more reading with me. And allow this moment of confession to be a moment in which you declare that you're not going to celebrate Christmas thinking about only the historical facts, but that you're reaching out as a child of God to be alive in Christ through the gift of the Christ child, and that happens when we first confess. So on the screen, you'll find this prayer. Please join me. We confess, gracious God that we have not always turned to you for guidance. At times, we have allowed the world's time to dominate our time. Forgive us for our sins of hurriedness and impatience. Forgive us when we have slumbered instead of remaining alert, waiting and watching for you. Forgive us for allowing the world's fears to become our fears. Shine upon us this Advent season so that we may be restored unto you. Guidance, as we call upon your name, hear our prayers and give us life. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. And now may our God make you increase and abound in love. Abound in love for one another and for all. Christ promises to strengthen our hearts in holiness that we may be blameless before our God. And together, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are all forgiven. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. Does Christmas make any difference? Let us pray. God, come and stir within us. May this Christmas season be something new and fresh for each of us. Allow us to engage with you, body, mind, and spirit, that we may feel your forgiveness and new life and claim it as your gift of the babe of Bethlehem. Amen. Amen.